This summer, dive into the many cools of San Antonio. Because as soon as the temperature rises, so does the fun, the flavors, the excitement, and the many cool things that make our city the perfect summer getaway destination. Come keep cool with amazing pools at the best hotels, refreshing adventures both indoor and outdoor, inspiring history and culture, culinary wonders, and the hottest nights of your life at the coolest spots in Texas. To plan the coolest summer vacation, dive in to visitsanantonio.com slash summer. And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. We have an amazing guest. You've probably heard her on our show before. Actually, I'm going to just ruin the surprise and tell you that it is Constance Dallas. The Astro Phenom. I can't tell you how awesome it is. Even though she's been with the show for seven years, but every time we interview her, it's just a rush because I have so much love and admiration and respect for her. Miss Stellis is the best at what she does. There's no one better at astrology than Miss Stellis. And she is a prolific writer. She's always writing books, she's always engaging people. It's hard to get an appointment with her. But if you can, I highly recommend trying to get an astrological chart done with her because there's no one that does it better than Miss Constance Dallas. So, without further ado, let us begin tonight's program. Miss Dallas, it is a great honor to have you with us once again. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for this lovely build-up. Are you I appreciate kidding it. me? I, I <laughs> would go on for another five minutes building you up. You're amazing. Yeah. Uh, we love you let's, dearly. Let's get to the important thing, All right. which is... The important stuff is that Miss Dallas has decided to spill the beans, tell the world (laughs) all of the tools and techniques it takes to be a phenomenal astrologer. So, Miss Dallas, what are some of the tips and advice you offer in your book? Well, first of all, to be, it, it takes a lot of time. If you read this book, you're going to have to read it again, and then you're going to have to consult with it. Uh, when you're doing charts, because to digest, I mean, we're talking about 4,000 years of astrological tradition, and I don't have every technique or every theory or every um, uh, particle of astrological wisdom in this book. But what it does have is a way to organize it so that you can have a, a step-by-step approach to understanding your own chart other people's charts, compatibility, all the questions that people want to know um, and come to an astrologer to, to find out. Um, for example, the, first of all, we have the cosmic ingredients. What are all the signs? What are all the planets? Then how do they work together? And the difference between your personal planets and then the outer planets. Then the big picture, <laughs> which is, um, how everything works together, predictions, compatibility, 
And then what I call the hidden chart, and I suspect that this will be one of the most interesting chapters for people, because after all, yeah, the hidden chart, because after all, astrology is, you know, the the apps that are available are more geared towards, uh, are you going to get this job? Is this career good for you? Compatibility and so, so and so. But originally, after many after a century, no, less than a century, astrology was a spiritual tool like alchemy. A tool maybe is not the best word, but it was a roadmap for the development of the soul. And when it began, the ancient astrologers were much more connected to their environment. They They weren't zooming around doing a million things. They were trying to understand life. And um, the stars were part of the cosmic sympathy of their uh, life, knowledge, existence. We've gotten away from that and kind of put it off into a corner. used to be a silly corner, like, oh, yeah, sure, astrologers. Now it's extremely uh, popular because people are eager, are hungry for some knowledge that makes sense, that speaks to them, and combines the spirit rather than just your um, material existence because we all know there's something more and people have called it by many different names but astrology has a tradition that can reveal this to individuals uh, and I, I don't know it really interests me it gives me peace of mind fascinating. and you've offered a lot of great insights into some of featured guests over the years so yeah. what would you say would be three things three of the best insights a person can gain gain into themselves by utilizing astrology properly? Well, number one is your purpose in this lifetime. Um, so that's number one. Number two, your essential element, fire, earth, air, and water. And number three, the challenges that your chart offers you and how to address them i I should say the challenges and the talents that's that's equally important because if we just look at the chart like you know oh my god you got a square oh no 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 then you you've missed the boat because every chart is unique and every chart shows the way a person can most effectively choose, let's say, the positive in their life. There are difficult charts. There's no doubt about it. But we know some people have very difficult lives. For the most part, everybody's chart is a blend of the hard and the soft, of the difficult and the um, talents. And knowing that, you know a lot. Well, I want to ask you, could there ever be a revelation uh, about Say, for example, a new planet in our solar system. They've always, I've heard it called Planet X or a discovery of another planet. That would upend or would add a lot more to astrological readings. Are we just, astrology just based on what is presented in the known universe? It's a good question. But um, we have discovered new planets. For example, Uranus was discovered in 1789. Okay, that was a while ago. And then Neptune in 
I think it's 1814. It's escaping me right now. But Pluto, which has now been demoted to a dwarf planet, was discovered in 1930. That's not so far away. And after that, there have been asteroids and um, um, asteroids like Chiron discovered. And there's a fantastic book called There Are More Plutos, which is uh, about fixed stars beyond Pluto and how they add to interpretation and chart. So the short answer is there's always growth in terms of what the cosmos or what, the, what space, what planets bring to the influence of um, uh, of everybody's horoscope uh, to people. But saying that, I find that if you get all lost in the new stuff, you have so many pieces of information on the chart. It's like Linguini. You think, oh my God. And it's hard to make head nor tail. And what my book does is zero in on the essentials. And usually anything new, planet-wise, asteroid-wise, fixed stars-wise, reiterates what the basic essentials say. So if you get the basics, you've got a lot. There's one quote that I'm <laughs> great answer. There's one quote that I always think about, and it's from Marguerite Doris, and she says, "All journalists are moralists. All journalists are moralists." And I wonder if that quote applies to people in all different industries and fields. And I present that quote to you, Marcellus, because from your perspective, do you find that if an astrologer has a perception of the world? or a position that they've taken on the world, that no matter what, no matter what chart comes in, no matter what they read, they're always going to have that inherent bias. So if they see in the charts that an event's going to happen, they're going to be biased towards whatever perspective that they have, whatever moral value that they have. Or do you find that with astrology, you get an answer without any kind of moral position, without any kind of position that you could take? It just presents itself the way it is, and this is how it is. If you're a good astrology, you, astrologer, you present it the way it is, even if it goes against your own personal philosophy or belief or morals. Um, because astrology deals with the lifetime that we are living and past lives, we all have to understand that we have had ignoble lives, we have had high lives. We've had that every human being, soul-wise, is capable and may have participated in things that today we would say, like, "Oh my God, I was bad," or you know, it, it's or God, I was a saint, and look what's happened to me now. So recognizing that the soul's growth is not. Uh, you get an A in, 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 in being a good girl or boy. It's, it's not that. It encompasses all sorts of possibilities. Victims, murderers, thieves, prostitutes, uh, saints, kings, queens, um, uh, very, very um, uh, giving parents. I, I mean, I'm trying to joyful people. Um, wealthy, poor, everything, the whole, the whole thing. 
And and if you're a good astrologer, you know not only the makeup of somebody, but what level of evolution they are at. Are they coming to Earth kind of first time, second time, a newbie? Or have they been here a long time and are finishing up a number of soul lessons? Okay, well, I'm glad you brought that up because I've always been curious, and we've talked about it before, but do you find that evolution progresses in linear time? Because we return to spirit, my understanding is that it's timeless, but when we are in the physical body, when we are in the human experience, we see time as progressing forward. We see progress as being where you were in the past, where you're going in the future. And between the past and the future, we see progress or regression being made. So from your perspective, do you see people coming in here or the charts that you do as being along the lines of progression, progression along that linear time? Or are these lives kind of spread out at random that you have a life in the present moment, your next life will be in the past tense compared to where we are in time right now? True, 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 true. But the mind in the physical body can really only keep cope with one of two ways. Complete absorption in the present, which is a meditative orientation towards the world, I think, and not so easy to achieve. And then the mundane or the regular linear, well, today I do this and tomorrow I do that. And, and we're all... Um, straddling those two dispositions. Now, since astrology is the, among other things, the study of time, it, it, it lends itself to linear. So we can say, well, next year, the planets are going to be like this, and they're going to affect your chart in the following way. Is that absolutely uh, the way it has to be? No, because there is free will. But, I mean, your, your question is, is fantastically vast. Fantastically vast. Thank you. <laughs> well, this tells a lot of people looking at the world right now. I mean, they're watching and they're saying, okay, well, is this the end? Is this the beginning? Are we going to the dark ages? I mean, I get this is stuff that I, I find very fascinating because I don't know if you see it this way. I do see humanity going in two different directions. I see people embracing more freedom. I see freedom actually enhancing and increasing rapidly. I also see people surrendering themselves and the humanity to AI or transhumanism. So I'm curious, where do you see the, the world headed from an astrological perspective? Do you think that the world may actually be able to split into two different um, alternative universes? I know the other one's pretty deep. No, I think that that's too, too cut and dried. But I think that the, the word for this period of time is deep and profound transformation. And uh, coronavirus is part of a, I'll say correction, but I don't mean because we've been bad as a human race, but that the planet is out of balance and therefore we are out of balance and we need a big, difficult event to take the steps towards balance. And uh, putting it into the category of, you know, let's say the robots and then the humans, that's no good. Artificial intelligence properly used 
will advance the human race because it will make very clear what is human. And by human, I mean altruism, kindness, joy, compassion, all those things that a machine cannot do, cannot perceive. And what they can do in terms of coming up with the answers or coming up with more people felt this to be a cure. Okay, that's good. That's good. But intuition and all the things I named is the, is the sticking point for AI. And uh, it can be misused. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all the science fiction films, you know, can be based on that premise. Yeah, I wonder if James Cameron created the Terminator because he was inspired. I think that I wonder if somebody from the future inspired him to make that film to warn us, do not build uh, Skynet. I think we're doing exactly what he, what the, the movies warned us not to do. I know you said... Well, but we're not doing it consciously. It is being done as the result of missteps, poor thinking, and revolting stubbornness and greed. There was information about a pandemic as early as 2004 that reached the highest levels of governments. And they said, oh, no, it's not going to happen. And that was foolish, to say the least. Exactly. If these people are so stupid, why would we trust them to shut everything down? That's why I don't understand why people are saying, oh, you know, let's trust these people. I would never trust these people. The inquiring, the inquiring mind and thinking for yourself is an essential part of evolution and moving forward. Essential. So essential. What do you see in, in the charts? Reason, the reason people are, quote unquote, trusting is they're terrorized. They are afraid and they want to believe somebody has to know. We, we know each individual in our hearts, we know a lot. And to get back to my favorite topic, astrology, your chart can tell you, can help you understand what you know and have confidence in that. I'm yeah. worried. Do you, I, I want to skip ahead to the end of the film. And the end of the film is, does freedom win in the end? I mean, do we, does, does freedom prevail over this incredible dark cloud of tyranny? I couple weeks ago, I would, have, I would have told you that tyranny was winning, but I, I see a lot of anger happening in the U.S., and I see a lot of people just refusing to comply, and yeah. I see it as, as positive, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happens in the end. Well, there's two things. Anger, anger, uh, St. Augustine said, anger has two daughters, courage and patience. I think that's pretty good. And... Um, Anger at the situation, but compliance or saying, no, I won't do that because uh, I'm free, in my mind, is a little bit like the guys who ride the, or girls too, who ride motorcycles and refuse to wear helmets. Okay? So they refuse to wear helmets. They ride the motorcycle on roads that their taxes have helped pay for, and they are opening themselves up to more potential of accidents and all these other kinds of things. But they like the feeling of not having a helmet. I like the feeling of not having a helmet either. But there are certain laws 
that have built-in protections that are important. And um, I think we're trying desperately to find the balance between freedom and protecting a larger group of people. And we haven't got the balance at all well at the moment. Just for a quick, in the end, let's say, for example, 100 years from now, do you think, maybe 50 years from now, do you think that we'll have a free society or will be one that will be entrenched in uh, some kind of control? No, I think it will be a free society, but a spiritually free society. Awesome. (laughs) That's the important thing. Okay. That's the important thing. All right. While we're on the subject of talking about things in the future, based on your abilities and skills and what you learn about astrology, do you think that humanity will come in contact with another civilized, uh, uh, another civilization that will transform how we look and relate to each other? Because I've been waiting for that for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that that probably will happen. I don't spend a lot of time um, thinking about it because I figure there's enough to do right now here on this planet. And, uh, you know, the, the deus ex machina of, of the, uh, what is it, who the people in Avatar, the, I forget their names, but, but that, um, you know, another civilization coming and teaching us, uh, it could happen. I, I don't say no uh, at all, but we can do a lot right now. Let's not twiddle our thumbs, you know. Let's, let's get going with what we can do here and now. Excellent. And what are a couple of things that you want people to take away from your book? Um, the wisdom of astrology, the humaneness of astrology, and the high purpose um, Yes, the high purpose of all of this wisdom that comes to us from the ancients up through the Renaissance, the Middle Ages, and encompasses not only Western astrology, but Indian astrology, Chinese, Mayan, every single civilization or many civilizations have had a relationship with the stars. And we now are redefining what our relationship with the stars is. Awesome, and I, no sh- sh- doubt that you're on the cutting edge. Uh, are there any particular birth signs that you observe where there's a prob- uh, probability that these people are coming back from a, um, they have a special purpose in life, or they have, or there's someone that was uh, prominent in their future lifetime? Are there any types of birth signs or any type of astrological yeah. compositions that you because see? That- that's kind of reductionism, you know? I'll tell you why, because there's 12 signs and um, you have your sun, you have the position of your moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, et cetera, et cetera. So to just say all Pisces were clergy and uh, people of faith in past lives really buttonhole something in a simplistic way. You have to take the whole chart. And that's what I try and do in this book, how to put it together. Because right now you can go to this app and you can go to that app and you can say, oh, I'm no, I'm no good with Tauruses. Well, what happens if your moon sign is Taurus? Well, you, you have a sympathy with Taurus suns. So, so it's easy to come up with glib answers, but it's not so easy to put the whole thing together. And what I tried to do in the book is show how to uh, organize, intuit, feel out the whole picture as opposed to 
um, what I call astrological Velveeta, you know, just kind of making everything uh, very simplistic. It's a long tradition and a beautiful tradition, and knowing it gives me peace of mind, and I'm, I'm thinking that it will give other people peace of mind. It's Constance Ellis. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing and talking about your book, How to Be an Astrologer. Again, Ms. Ellis has been with the show since day one. We've come to know and love her as the Astrophena. Learn more about Ms. Ellis and get your own chart done with Ms. Ellis at ConstanceDallas.com. Again, the book is How to Be an Astrologer, Everything You Need to Interpret Anyone's Birth Chart for Complete, Accurate, and Revealing Astrological Readings. And we will post a link to this book. Highly recommend you get it. I have the book. I love it. And uh, Ms. Dallas, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Good questions. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our beloved virtue, Ms. Constance Ellis. So proud of her and all that she's done. And special thanks, as always, to our other virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor and Ms. Lisa McGarrity. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care. Thank you so much for listening.